I'm gonna have to kick you, you know what, today. We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. what time it is when we hear that introduction uh, that's when we welcome in our good friends over at the neuropathy and pain center of las vegas dr robert odell and uh dr stephen shaw uh how are you guys doing welcome to the show on uh this great friday here in las vegas doing great Vin. happy friday yep. happy friday doing great absolutely okay before we get to uh everything that we wanted to talk to you about today I got to ask because I'm not sure we're going to be able to talk to you next week. It's Thanksgiving, and uh, you know how the schedule gets turned around on Thanksgiving. But what are the big plans for Dr. Shaw and Dr. Odell on Thanksgiving? And Dr. Odell, if you tell me that you're working, I might crawl between whatever wires there are uh, to go to go get you and make sure that you're staying home or doing something fun on Thanksgiving. Well, actually, I was going to fly to uh, a Friday flight to Milwaukee to deliver one of my Synexus devices to a dear friend in Kenosha, but um. I canceled that so I can work on my trains for two days. Okay. Dr. Shaw? I'm, I'm going to be comatose from all the pumpkin pie. There you go. Uh, and I'm going to be eating. All right. Awesome. And, and by the way, uh, Dr. Odell, my wife is from Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, a lovely part of the country. I never thought much about Wisconsin prior to getting married, but uh, now that I've been out there in the summers on the lakes, um, it really is a, a beautiful part uh, of the country most of the time. Uh, there's also a winter that we're not going to talk about. Um, but uh, you guys, um, I'm glad that we're talking today. Uh, and one of the reasons why is uh, the Golden Knights here in Las Vegas made a uh, huge trade recently. And me covering the Raiders and kind of being laser focused uh, on that, um, I, you know, I was like, okay, great. When's he going to get on the ice? When's he going to play? I was talking to our, our hockey writer who covers the uh, Golden uh, Knights, and um, he's, well, he's not going to be out there for a while. I'm like, okay, why? Uh, and by the, way, the, by the way, the player is uh, Jack Eichel for the Buffalo Sabres, who is one of the best hockey players on the planet. And it turns out that one of the reasons that the Buffalo Sabres even traded him to Las Vegas is there was a dispute going on between himself and the team on the best way to approach a neck injury that he had been dealing with what course of action um, he wanted to take compared to the course of action that they wanted him to take. And ultimately, it led to an impasse, and the Buffalo Sabres moved on for him, traded him to the Golden Knights uh, for uh, a lot. The, the, the Golden Knights gave up a lot. But there's some risk involved because there was a surgery involved. He's had it. It's been deemed successful. But I wanted to talk to you guys because I know it's a very um, interesting topic here in Las Vegas and to hockey fans. First of all, are you familiar with the surgery that uh, Jack Eichel underwent? Do you know what it was? Yeah, it was, it was an, uh, just in layman's terms, an artificial disc replacement surgery. So he went an artificial disc replacement. The team wanted him to do something completely different, uh, but he opted for this surgery, which has never been done on a hockey player. Yeah, you know, I don't know a lot about artificial disc replacements in the neck. Usually what they do is ACDFs, which is an anterior cervical discectomy fusion. And in the neck, uh, people do much better with fusions than the low back because, first of all, you don't walk around your neck. Second of all, you're... You're, the anatomy is a little bit less complicated. There's no sacroiliac joint. And so the forces on, on – uh, I, I have done anesthesia for tons of these cases, and, 
you know, you're, you're in tiger country. That's what the neck is. But having said that, these ACDFs seem to do pretty well. I, I, if I see people with neck pain and low back pain who've had fusions, uh, Steve would probably agree with me. I think nine out of ten are, are in the low back. Most of the neck people do very well. Um, yeah, I agree. And I do not, honestly, excuse me, do not know much about the uh, the disc replacements, and I can understand why there was a uh, why there was a uh, a controversy. But let me also say this. If this doesn't work out, he could still have the ACDF, the anterior cervical discectomy. Take out, take out the hardware fusion, and it, it, you know, he could do very well from that. Yeah, and uh, uh, real quick, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this, Doctor Shaw. Um, it's the, the the Savers did want him to do exactly what Doctor Odell um, referenced, which was the proven disc fusion uh, surgery um but instead yeah yeah instead uh you know he wanted to do what's i guess the newer technique um with this with this uh re- actual replacement are you aware i mean are, are you familiar with that have you seen anyone uh maybe treated anyone that's no that's had that procedure see i've never i've not seen a patient with a, a disc replacement in the cervical area dr shaw uh, no, per- personally, I have not. But you know, at the at the end of the day, I guess that's a choice that uh, that he has to make with his doctor. And also, the uh, other important factors would be what led to it. Make what led to the injury in, in the first place. What was the result? Was there spinal cord compression? Was there exiting nerve or foraminal compression? Uh, so I guess those are factors that play in to help make the decision. Uh, from a rehab standpoint, I would have to think that he would probably uh, recuperate a lot faster uh, if it, versus if it was in the lower back for the reasons that Dr. Odell has already mentioned. Um, but, no, I, I have not seen a, uh, an artificial disc or cadaver disc or any of that uh, for the neck. And it's normally they just go in and clean it up with a discectomy. Yeah, and uh, as I'm as I'm uh, you know doing uh, some research on it, it was a herniated disc. That's what what, what the uh, injury was. Um, I don't know, you know, to, uh, to what extent. Obviously, it was really serious. It knocked him out for the rest of the 2021 season, or um, la- you know, knocked him out of last season um, after herniating uh, the disc. And I guess um, the original or the more common is cutting open the front of the patient's neck and removing the damaged disc. Um, that's AC. That's the ACDF anterior yeah, cervical dis- discectomy, ACD or AC- effusion, anterior in the front, cervical neck discectomy. They take the disc out and then fusion. They put they put little bone grafts in there. I've seen zillions of times uh, from the top of the table. You know, doing the anesthesia. Right. It's, this is the that's the surgery that Peyton Manning had. Now that I think about it, um, you know how the surgeons do this case do this. No. Uh, I would love to hear it. Very carefully. <laughs> That's, That's a joke, Vinny. Yeah, well, it was a pretty good one because I was like hanging on every word. Like, I want to know. I, I, I want to hear that. Uh, but this one involves putting an artificial disc into the part of the neck where the damaged disc was. Uh, that, that way the pressure is still taking <laughs> off the nerve. Vinny, I'll look it up. I mean, you motivated me. I'll look it up, and, and uh, uh, we can maybe we can talk off the air and see if there's anything we can do. I, I'm not sure that... Patients, uh, listeners should make decisions for an ACDF versus a uh, artificial disc of the neck based on our show. No, definitely not. That would not, not be a good thing. Um, <laughs> ne- 
And I don't know how many spine surgeons, orthospine or neurosurgeons, do the disc replacement. But I will certainly uh, promise you I'll look it up and can talk in just some broad terms next time because this is a, this is a you know, cutting edge. I mean, there's so many things that are changing in medicine that's going to, you know, guys your age are going to be uh, 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 being helped uh, down the line compared to old, you know, what's like me. So, uh, it's, it, you know, the future is very bright for healing. Um, unfortunately, putting in hardware is not one of them, but there's, there's other things, you know, regenerative medicine that we can eventually talk about. Yeah, well, I would like to talk about that because I, I just, even just the original, um, the, my, I guess my whole point was uh, it just seems like a risk for the Golden Knights to have given up so much. Even for that original surgery that you've described, um, you know, he's a hockey player. And it's, there. what, you know, when you guys are, are dealing with that, you know, uh, herniated discs and the, the original procedure or the more common procedure, um, is it, good likelihood that you know you get back all your mobility all your flexibility or or is, even at that level uh, is there some concern almost all of it right steve yeah i would agree um you know if, if done correctly like everything in life yeah. uh, with the proper rehab and and uh, even now uh, you know surgeons are asking these athletes uh, who, who by the way recover a lot faster because they already have you know well-established muscle tone kinesiology, flexibility in all of their joints. So they're healing a lot faster in general. Um, so, yeah, the, output, the, the, out, the outcome normally is good. Well, that's good news because they gave up a lot for him, and they understand that he's not going to play for a little bit, uh, a little while, but it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's, it's an investment uh, into, into the uh, future. Uh, Dr. Odell, you just mentioned um, uh, the, the, the term and, and what, you know, uh, some of the things that you do uh, at, at the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center. Um, what were you uh, referring to right there? Well, actually, I found a lot of people who are scheduled for surgery. I'll do the nerve test on that we do, and they don't need disc surgery. It's really not coming from the disc. Most of the time it's coming from the facets. And I shudder to think that he didn't have the, he didn't have the proper workup to see if it was actually from the facets, which are the structures in the back. Most people with neck pain, I have found it's facetogenic. The facets, uh, when you age, uh, they get arthritis. You have pain and extension and rotation. And I'm telling you, the, the procedure we do, which is, takes 15 minutes, it's totally extra spinal, you know, outside the spine. It's very safe in, 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 in the trained hands. And uh, pa- patients love us because this thing works better than anything. And I hope to heck that, uh, that, uh, that, that he, somebody did a diagnostic medial branch block on him to rule out uh, the facets, because when these guys are moving their necks back and forth, they could tear those little capsules. Again, for the listeners, I, I you know I do this stuff all the time, so I take it for granted. But if you have a problem with your spine, it can be from outside the spine. The facets are the little joints in the back that prevent you from from uh, turning your, your your spine all the way around, like the Roadrunner. In other words. In the low back, those, those joints, you can only turn about, you know, I don't know, 40 degrees. In the neck, you can turn to look at traffic, you know, 85 degrees or 70 degrees because those plates are flat. You just have to look at a, uh, at a skeleton to see, to, to, to see that. And that is far and away, in my, in my experience, despite what the literature says, the main source of neck pain, especially in older people, and I hope to heck that uh, 
you know, that, uh, that that was ruled out in this gentleman because it would be a travesty. You know, the, the neck discs, and correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but the neck discs are not, are, are a little different than the lumbar discs. They're a lot thinner. They're not as robust. They're, they're not as important in a sense. Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess we could argue uh, the definition of important, but, yes, they, the morphology is different of the discs in the neck, just like the shape and, or morphology in the middle of your back or in your lower back. They're a lot they're thinner. They're robust. Right? They're a lot Say again? They're a lot thinner. Oh, yeah, a lot, lot thinner. Um, uh, you know, the unfortunate part about discs, whether they're in the neck, mid, or lower back, is that they're really only... Uh, innervated by a very hair, th- a, a blood vessel the size of a human hair. It's very thin, wow. but it's not receiving. It's not receiving nutrients. It's not receiving oxygen. Uh, things that you know, if you cut your arm, your arm has millions of micro vessels that bring nutrients and oxygen to help with the healing process. But the discs just unfortunately don't have that advantage. So they're essentially shock absorbers that once they become ruptured or torn, then they are susceptible to re-injury, and sometimes to the point where they're just not repairable and they need to be replaced. Also, uh, Dr. Shaw, you could have decompression. It's something we're starting to do now where you do mechanical means, traction, maybe he tried it, that can rehydrate the disc and can heal it. Well, certainly that, that, is, that would be a, a modality you'd like to try before the point of no return. Uh, hopefully they didn't come up with that idea why, uh, at the time that he needed surgery. But, uh, yeah, that is, that is definitely something that we do at our office is decompressive therapy of the neck and lower back to take pressure off of the disc. Because you have to remember that most spinal injuries, whether it's the neck, mid, or the lower back, it's all the result of compressive forces. You know, if you can imagine like an accordion being compressed together, that's what essentially happens to your spine. And that causes those, those fibers, the annular fibers of the disc, to tear. And once that happens, they start to bulge, and, you know, things, things could spiral if not, if not taken care of um, uh, before they get worse. And we're talking to Dr. Odell and Dr. Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. Uh, I say this all the time. Pain is a reality of life, but it doesn't have to dictate your life. And it's something that can be managed and mitigated uh, and sometimes just completely eliminated. Uh, And I urge you guys to call uh, Dr. Odell and Dr. Shaw uh, over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center at 702-257-7246. Don't feel like you got to be the tough guy. Don't feel like you got to be John Wayne and grit your teeth and bear with it just because that's what you told that you, that's what you were told to do. Uh, go get help because there's help. Vinny, I just want to make something really clear. You know, we talk in this jargon because we're used to it. That's what I do all day. I mean, you know, I know the, yep. the, and everything. But if when we see a patient, we have animations that can show the disc versus the facet. I have a magnificent animation by 3D Practice, a company out of Atlanta, where you can actually show them the uh, what this looks like because... In medicine, I know I know a little bit about a lot. If somebody has Hodgkin's disease, a patient, they may know they'll probably know more about Hodgkin's than me. So, in a sense, all we got to do is tell a patient a little bit about what they got, and and we can go in as much depth as they want to. But those who are interested can really understand uh, what's going on and can make data-driven decisions based on based on the anatomy, the pathophysiology. And now that I'm lucky enough to have Dr. Shaw with me, he comes from a physical medicine standpoint. I come from the 
and a seizure, you know, needle jockey area uh, uh, point of view, we can we can uh, um, really give give these patients uh, uh, a, a real choice, as it were. No question about Teamwork it. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yes, that's right, and uh, that's why you need to call these guys uh, and their office, 702-257-7246. You know, guys, we're talking about um, neck injuries, back pain, things like that. From your perspective, um, is it more prevalent now um, than, than, than before? Uh, and if so, and I know the, the back has always been uh, vulnerable and, you know, throughout the course of time, uh, painful um, as we get older, uh, but for even for, for, for young people, um, is it becoming more prevalent? And is there a reason that it might be uh, becoming a little bit more uh, more so? Um, I'll, I'll take it. Um, I, I don't know the exact numbers in terms of uh, prevalence or how frequent it occurs. But I just think, you know, I, I was an athlete many years ago, three decades ago, and, and you know, linemen at that time in, in uh, high school were about 180, 180, 190 pounds. Now we've got high school kids, 17-year-old kids that are 300 pounds, six foot seven, and they're, they're running, you know, four 740s. I mean, that's a lot of velocity with a lot of mass crashing into other human bodies. So uh, as, as these athletes are getting bigger, stronger, faster, I would have to imagine that the forces applied onto their bodies and musculoskeletal joints are becoming that much more substantial. And so injury would probably be more prevalent. Um, and in the real, you know, we, we're a sports show and we talk about a football team uh, and other sports, uh, but we have a bunch of, you know, maybe non-athletes or, or beyond their prime uh, athletes that, that are dealing with it as well. And it doesn't necessarily have to just be, you know, uh, athletic feats or, or driven by, um, you know, athletic injuries. It just seems like even our lifestyles, um, sometimes the, the sitting that we do in front of computers and our posture, uh, I would imagine that all adds up as well. Uh, that leads it to, all adds up. Yeah, and that's you know the, the weekend warriors, the uh, desk jockeys. Uh, yeah, I mean we can't. We all of us cannot fight gravitational force. We're all victims of it, uh, and you know as we're all weekend warriors and we do crazy things. And unfortunately, you know unless things are done properly, unless you work out properly, unless you train properly, then you're always subject to injury or even re-injury. And- and, Vinny, I just want to add one thing. Uh, Dr. Shaw uh, talked about three decades. For me, it was more like five decades. That's another <laughs> issue. <laughs> uh, well, you're still going strong, Dr. Odell. There's no question about that. Well, and parts, parts of me are. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and, but, but it, and, it, and it drives home um, the point that I try to keep making uh, to, to, to make the phone call to 702-257-7246 because whether you're the weekend warrior, whether you're uh, the, the desk jockey, uh, whatever the case might be, there's pain involved and it gets worse. And, uh, but the, the good thing is and the good news is wh- however prevalent it is, whatever the numbers might be right now, there's uh, a course of action to alleviate that. And that's why... Uh, you know, Dr. Odell and Dr. Uh, Shaw are, are so interesting to me to talk to because they're in a position to give you help. So give them a call, 702. You know, you go know, ahead, Vinny, Dr. Odell. Uh, I'm, a, I'm actually a needle jockey. There you, there you go. We're all <laughs> jockeys to some extent. Uh, it's just 
the, you know, what we, the activity that we put in front of that, in, in front of that needle. Uh, but give them a call, 702-257-7246. Pain is a part of life, but it can be mitigated uh, and managed, and they do that at the Neuropathy and Pain Center in all kinds of different ways uh, that, you know, uh, uh, give you relief. Uh, and that's, you deserve that. So, uh, Dr. Odell, Dr. O, Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle today. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thank you, we will talk to you, thank you next week, uh, and we will catch up very, very soon. Fine. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye. That was Dr. Odell and Dr. Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. 702-257-7246. Please make the call and help yourself because they're there to help you. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Friday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. All right, I got to share this. Um, just had a, uh, a visit from a Raider fan. Believe it or not, his name is Alex Rodriguez. Uh, he's from New York, now living in Cincinnati. A uh, huge Raider fran- fan, thanks to his father, who passed on uh, the Raider fandom uh, to him. But Alex is such a fan that he's here this weekend, obviously, to go watch the Raiders play the Cincinnati Bengals. That's where he lives right now. Uh, he is a Raider fan, though. But to top it all off, not only is he in town to watch the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. He's getting married this weekend. So he planned his wedding, and uh, apparently his bride was very obliging uh, in this, as was the family. He planned his wedding in Las Vegas specifically so that they would be in Las Vegas to also, also watch the Bengals against the Raiders. Now, he has a bunch of family members here with him in Las Vegas from Cincinnati, they're going to be at the game as well, um, uh, but obviously they're going to watch him get married on uh, Saturday. So uh, our thoughts and good luck and good fortune to Alex Rodriguez. I'm not kidding around. That is his name, A-Rod, uh, from New York, now living in Cincinnati, is in town in Las Vegas to go see the Raiders play the Bengals uh, on Sunday. But before that, a little bit of a bigger event. He's getting married, so good luck to Alex Rodriguez. That is cool. And that's why we love being out and about. You know, people see our the banner that we have and, you know, our Raider uh, Nation radio, radio gear uh, that we have. We do have giveaways, so if you're nearby, come on by and, and uh, we'll, we'll hook you up. Uh, but Alex saw uh, the setup and was like, hold on a second, what? You know, and we told him what we did, and now we've got a – sounds like he's going to be a loyal listener uh, in Cincinnati, um, listening on lvsportsnetwork.com. Uh, also, you can stream it live on Raider, Ra- raiders.com uh, over at their uh, site. So, uh, we, you know, we come at you from all over the place. Obviously, if you're here locally, uh, you just have to tune in to 920 a.m., uh, on, the, on the radio, but um, really cool to see uh, Alex Rodriguez here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook getting ready for the big day tomorrow uh, and then the bigger the, uh, the big game as well on, on Sunday. So uh, our, our, our thoughts uh, and are with him for sure. So that was pretty darn cool, right? That was, that was cool. Uh, but we're talking about the Raiders. We're talking about um, trying to get back on track, and I think that's the theme of this week. 
Uh, certain weeks take on themes. Last week, obviously, was the Kansas City Chiefs are coming to town. That didn't work out so well. Um, the, the week before that, coming out of the bye, all that had happened uh, prior to that game. Uh, the Raiders just did not come out and play well against the New York Giants. Uh, they lost that game. Two-game losing streak, uh, five and four after nine games. There's eight games left to play, beginning on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals, then a quick turnaround uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. On By the way, when Alex was here, um, he told us the story of how his dad became a Raider fan. And I love this because everybody has a story on why they became a fan of whatever team they're a fan of. A lot of times, probably the majority of the time, you grow up in a city where there's an NFL team or an NBA team or a Major League Baseball team and proximity and that's where you live, um, that becomes your team. But not everybody, uh, you know, that, that's not the story for everybody. And Alex, Alex's father was in the Army. He was in the service, and he got uh, stationed in Germany and back in the day. And, you know, as, as still is the case, uh, on the base in Germany, they showed NFL football, and it was a Monday night football game. Uh, Alex's father knew nothing about football. <laughs> Zero. Squat. But all of his you know, buddies uh, in the service said, hey, we're going to go watch the football game. Uh, they're showing it like, all right, great. Who's playing? The Dallas Cowboys against the Oakland Raiders. Okay, you know, I'll check it out. And the, as the story goes, Alex's father said, I don't know anything about football, but I'm gonna, if I'm going to start getting into football, I'm rooting for that team. And he pointed to the Raiders because they are pretty badass <laughs> and uh, wild and crazy. So from that point on, he became a Raider fan and obviously passed that on to his son, Alex, uh, and he's a true blue uh, Raider fan that is, again, on the same weekend he's getting married, he's also going to Allegiant Stadium to watch the Raiders for the first time. I told him he's going to enjoy it. Uh, great stadium, great atmosphere. So uh, good luck to him. But as far as the Raiders go, um, you know, getting back on track, and there's plenty of time left. Uh, I know that we've been talking about it and uh, talking to the players about it, talking to the coaches about it, and I'm getting asked about it, you know, what's the demeanor like? What's the mood like? And um, I got to say it's been okay. And today in particular, you know, uh, it's a Friday practice. It's usually a nice light practice. Uh, teams typically work on some red zone um, offense and defense, uh, but it's a very condensed practice as you're, you know, you're kind of weaning it down uh, in preparation for a big game on Sunday, so you'll practice a little bit lighter. Uh, on on Friday after heavy days on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, there'll be a walkthrough uh, tomorrow. But anyway, Friday, today, uh, out at practice, I just, it felt like um, there was a good mood, you know? And uh, has that always been the case uh, these last couple of weeks? I mean, guys have tried their best uh, to put aside things that have happened, but I can't say that it was all jovial. Um, you know, there was a lot that they were dealing with. Um, and so I think they felt that a little bit, and the, the aura around it uh, reflected that. Today, it was they were having a lot of fun. And uh, during the period that we were in uh, it, at practice in Henderson, a lot of laughing, a lot of high-fiving, a lot of good vibes, a lot of um, positivity, a lot of, a lot of energy. And I'm kind of big on that. I look at that. Um, it doesn't mean that I that, – that, it guarantees a loss, a win, whatever the case might be. You still have to go out there 
uh, and, and execute um, and, and win the game. And that's what it ultimately comes down to. But I am a big believer, too, in what's the demeanor like? What does it look like? How does, how does the team feel? Um, you know, are they, are they walking around, you know, with their tails between their legs? Are they, is there doubt? Um, you know, but today, for the first time in a little while, I really sensed just sort of a uh, relaxed, kind of a relaxed atmosphere, a relaxed team that was having a lot of fun and looking forward to a game. I don't know what that means uh, for the score. I don't know what that means for the outcome. I don't know what that means in terms of what the Raiders will look like and play like. Um, but I think it's a good sign. And I think it's a really even better sign um, that talking to Rich Masaccia today and, and asking him, uh, as I did, about where Deshaun Jackson was uh, in the whole scheme of um, his acclamation uh, to the Raiders and the story that uh, Coach Bisaccia, uh relayed uh, to us was that, hey, just before I you know, came into the media room, I'm walking down the hall and who's there uh, talking to me, but it's Deshaun Jackson. What was Deshaun Jackson saying to him? Um, hey, coach, I feel comfortable now. I'm feeling comfortable. I'm, I'm feeling really comfortable. And I don't think that Deshaun came out and said it not, uh, necessarily, but the implication was clear. Please get me out on the field a little bit more this week, you know? Um, ready to, ready, I'm, I feel comfortable about being able to contribute. And I think it, as, Bisac as Coach Bisaccia said, it's a good sign because um, the Raiders need Deshaun Jackson. They need what he brings to the table. Uh, he played nine plays last week out of the 54 possible snaps, offensive snaps. Uh, I expect that uh, to increase. Good things did happen when he was on the field uh, Monday, or Sunday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. He made a, you know, he had a 40-yard catch uh, that put the Raiders at the 13-yard line. Unfortunately, we all focus on the outcome. Um, you know, and rightfully so, he fumbled it. He got the ball punched uh, out, and the Chiefs fell on it. And to me, it changed everything about that game. Not sure where it would have headed had they maintained possession and scored a touchdown to make it a 24-21 game. But, you know, it's a 24-21 game going into the fourth quarter. That's not a bad place to be um, rather than or compared to what, ultimately happened uh, on that very next drive that the Chiefs had. I think they go down and kick a field goal. It's 24, it's 27-14 uh, at that point. Um, and I felt like even right after that, uh, uh, that, uh, that fumble by Deshaun Jackson, you just felt like there was a little bit of deflation uh, with the Raiders. You know, those are big emotional swings in games like that. And, you, you know, you, you, you fight your way back. Uh, into a position to put yourself in position to maybe make it a three-point game, and then bang, right after a big play, it was just like one of those, you know, swings of emotions uh, where it, Chick Hearn, the great NBA uh, basketball play-by-play -play guy, used to always say this. Um, he would call it a four-point swing. When you're going up for a layup or an easy basket, it gets blocked away for a fast break the other way, and what looked like was going to be a sure two for one team Turns out to be two for the other team on the breakaway. It's a four-point swing. You're thinking you're getting the two points. You end up giving up two points. It's a four-point swing right there. I felt like that fumble had uh, that kind of a feel to it. It changed the demeanor of the Raiders a little bit. And it was just a little bit too much at that point to overcome. 24-21 looks a lot different 
obviously, than 27-14 in the fourth quarter. Be that as it may, the point is what Deshaun Jackson did on that play, the connection that he made uh, with Derek Carr on the 40-yard pass, and, and Rich Basaccia talked about this a little bit. Like, look, it's not the easiest thing to do to be the guy that gets dropped into things in the middle of the movie and find your way now. You know, like, like this isn't schoolyard football where, you, you oh, hey, Johnny, you come in. I'm going to throw it long to you. You know, there's a lot that goes into even just a play like that when you're talking about this level. You're talking about the coverage, the coverage read, getting the uh, formation correct, getting the route correct, being on the same page with your quarterback, uh, understanding is this man defense, is it zone defense, is there a safety coming over, uh, and it's, you know, the quarterback has to trust, and you have to be where you're supposed to. There's a whole lot to go into it. Uh, and given the fact that he was only here for a couple of days prior to stepping on the field for the first time against the Raiders, it was a good sign that even just that happened. Yeah, he fumbled the ball, uh, but the fact that he was able to come up with a catch that quickly, um, it's something that Derek Carr remembers and is going to remember. It's something that other defenses are going to remember, and they're going to continue to pay attention to him when he's on the field. And that's the bigger point of all this and why I think Deshaun Jackson needs more snaps and why it's a good thing he was telling Rich Basaccia today, man, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling comfortable. Uh, because that should give Rich Basaccia, as he's putting the final touches uh, with Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, uh, on the offensive game plan, hey, you know, the guy said that he's feeling good. Maybe it's time to push the envelope a little bit more. Uh, this week, I would expect that to happen because even when Deshaun Jackson isn't catching the football, and I do think that he's going to get a few more touches in that regard, but even when he isn't, just being on the field uh, helps things. And it makes safeties have to think about playing further back and uh, make sure that they don't, you know, get the top blown off uh, by, by Deshaun Jackson. And that means that there's going to be one less person that the Raiders have to deal with uh, in terms of defending other players in pass uh, patterns, but also defending the run. That's where when you can get guys lined up a little bit further away from the line of scrimmage and be, pay, being, be you know, paying attention uh, to that guy over there that can run over there very, very quickly and make you look silly in the process, when, they're paying, when, when, when the back line is paying attention, to that guy, it's bound to, you know, uh, reduce the number of bodies uh, in the in the box, uh, and then it becomes a math game. You got more blockers to, to to deal with more defensive players that are lined up trying to take away the run. Uh, that should theoretically uh, help in, in in the run game. So, and and I've been a proponent all week long. Uh, is it about touches for Darren Waller? I I, I think all of that unfolds organically if you're doing other things well if you have somebody uh, over there to draw attention um, uh, you know away from Darren Waller a, a little bit and, and maybe open things up a little bit more for Darren Waller are you running the ball successfully are you protecting your quarterback um, you know is he having time to be able to let things unfold uh, in order to get the ball to Darren Waller uh, more and not not just target him but complete the pass and look we could talk about the overthrow um that that Derek Carr had on an open Darren Waller uh, in the end zone but Darren Waller's also dropped a few passes this year so it's not just 
the amount of targets. It's what are you doing with those targets? Um, and I think both between you know uh, Derek Carr, uh, you know cleaning it up a little bit on the accuracy. Um, not to say that's been a huge issue, but it was an issue against the New York uh, Giants and 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 Darren being a little bit more uh, careful with the with the ball on the passes. His his you know drop rate uh, has increased a little bit this year, so that's something to be aware of. Uh, but again, organically getting the run game going, cleaning up uh, the miscues so that. Uh, you're running more plays and having more of an opportunity uh, to go to Darren Waller and everybody else. Uh, that helps, um, you know. And so having Deshaun Jackson out there uh, to target and to, to help, you know, uh, create some space for everybody, all of it plays into it. And so I wouldn't be worried about the numbers necessarily um, because I think those will come and the numbers will come, the production will come. The yards will come. The scores will come. I think the real focus needs to be can you block better and can you run better. Um, and that's been an issue at times this year for the Raiders. Uh, they've, they've still been able to win five games, as Derek Carr pointed out. Um, there is a recipe that they've cooked up uh, to win five of their first nine games. Now they got to figure out a way to win four, five of their next eight, six, are their next eight? Can they do that? You know, five wins gets them to ten. Does that put them in the playoffs? I think they're going to be in a good position at five uh, and and uh, or at, at, at ten and, and seven. But eleven and six looks a little bit better, and we'll see. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila and Bajado Radio Nation Radio 9:20 a.m. on a Friday. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. Yeah, we're just going to let that play a little while. That was my time. Cameo? Are you kidding me? The old heads know what I'm talking about. Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. on a Friday. We are live at the Treasure Island Hotel, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Uh, all sorts of uh, games on television. We've got some Duke Lafayette. Uh, the Lakers against the Celtics. It's a little bit too far uh, for me to see what the score is, but I'm going to assume or hope uh, that the Lakers are winning. Uh, we've got some college football uh, on. Um, oh, the Lakers are up by one. All right, up. Oh, no, they're down by one. Uh, the NBA, you know how that goes. Uh, but nice to see the Lakers are being competitive right now. LeBron uh, James back on the court. Uh, that's obviously a good sign. But yeah, cameo uh, in the '80s. I could go on and on uh, with a lot of the music that I was listening to. Uh, and, but I'm not one of those dudes that disrespects what's going on now. There's so much creativity, um, you know, with, with, with words and lyrics um, and technology uh, and, and, and all that. So uh, I'm not a hater whatsoever. And there's definitely times, you know, where my kids will, will have something. Um, and I'm like, I, I like that. Okay, who's that? You know, they probably get sick of me asking uh, uh, who's that, just like my dad would. Uh, who's that? Who, who are you listening to? Um, so it's just the way it goes, man. It's the it's the circle of life. As I'm sitting here watching 
uh, a 49er fan, big old 49er fan, walking uh, down uh, the casino with his George Kittle uh, jersey. Man, did the 49ers put one on the Rams or what? Uh, and it just shows you how it's hard to explain this NFL season right now. Yeah, um, it's nine games in, right? Some teams have played ten games. Um, but it's very unpredictable thus far. But as our good friend Jason McCormick from uh, Station Casino said yesterday, look, if you want to know where it usually turns one way or another when teams start making their move uh, or not, you know, uh, you've got a uh, situation now where it's coming. What, no water? Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to talk to that guy over there. I'm just... I'm just, I'm just saying. All right, uh, but so this is the time of year typically uh, where teams make their moves one way or another. And unfortunately for the Raiders, uh, these last couple of years they've made the root move um, in the wrong direction. Usually right about now. Uh, but have they gotten that part out of uh, out of their system a little bit this last uh, couple of weeks? This two-game losing streak. Um, that gets them to five and four. They were sitting pretty at five and three, uh, but but that's or excuse me five and two, uh, but that's not where they are right now. Uh, they're five and four, and they got to crawl back out uh, from under the little hole that they've dug for themselves a little bit. But when you look um, at the standings, and this is what I try to um, uh, point out, somebody on on you know the Raiders mailbag that uh, that I do each week for the Las Vegas Review Journal, by the way. You can read all my stuff over at Vegas Nation, the app, or go to VegasNation.com. We got you covered uh, in all ways uh, uh, about the Raiders. But somebody literally asked me, and uh, I put it as part of the mailbag this week for the Review Journal, uh, you know, is it time for the Raiders to tank this year and next year and start all over with a new quarterback uh, and a new coach? And I, and I had to say, absolutely not. The Raiders are 5-4. and four. They're half a game out of first place in their division. They are tied for the last spot in the AFC playoffs for that last wild card spot. There's eight games left to play, and they're that close to their goals. To sit here and presume that they're not going to be able to finish it out in a way that gets them into the playoffs is premature. You can't presume or assume uh, that it's just going to go sideways from here. I'm not Nostradamus. I don't know what's going to happen. If I did... Uh, I probably would be living on some island right now because I would have bet my way to the top uh, in terms of the bankroll, and I wouldn't be worried about it. So um, I don't know what's going to happen. However, I'm not going to sit here and predict that they're not going to be able to get this thing done, and I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, yeah, it's time for the Raiders to start tanking. You can't start tanking with eight games left to play and you're a half a game out of first place. Now, I also added uh, in the answer, this season, wherever it ends up, by the time we get to that point of the season at the end of the year, wherever it might end up, Mark Davis uh, and his team will take a look at it, uh, as they always do, and assess. And so at that point, and not a minute before then, is when all of the decisions on, you know, what direction do the Raiders go in, what's the plan for the offseason, um, that, that's when that will be determined. But right now, 
the focus is on winning enough games to get to the playoffs. And there's plenty of opportunities to do that with eight games left, A. And B, there's enough talent in that room. There's enough good coaching in that facility for that to happen. It's not a talent issue right now for the Raiders. I'm not saying they're the best team in the NFL. I'm not saying that. I don't even know who the best team in the NFL is right now. I don't even know if you can define who the best team in the NFL is. A couple of weeks ago, it looked like the, Ra- the, you know, the, the, the Rams. They've lost two straight games. Go explain the Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing to the Washington football team. The Dallas Cowboys got their hats handed to them by the Denver Broncos. Then they go around, turn around and beat the Atlanta Falcons. The New England Patriots all of a sudden are on a little roll. It's just you, you, you don't know right now. And I, here's the other thing. Should we even know by now? That's why they have to play the games. That's why they play a 17-game schedule. Let's wait until then. But you don't throw the towel in after nine games. You don't say, let's blow this thing up after nine games when you're a half a game out of first place in your division. When you're tied for the last wild card spot. Let's see what happens over the next five games. Let's see where the Raiders are at that point. It's an interesting, I I think that everything is available for the Raiders this year in terms of getting to the playoffs. And I think you play every decision that you make, every game plan that you put together, everything that you do, every ounce of focus that you have, every second of focus that you have right now needs to be on figuring out a way to win enough games to get to the playoffs. Once that's no longer possible, if that's the case, then you move on to you know the, the, the next phase of things. But for right now, the plan is, the goal is, the objective is, the focus is on getting to the playoffs. And guess what? It's within reach. But it all has to start this week, Sunday, in two days, at 1.05 p.m. at Allegiant Stadium, when the Raiders host the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's a win. It's a, it's, a, it's a game I think, I don't think, I know the Raiders are capable of winning. We shall see. Uh, I do expect some bigger plays by Deshaun Jackson, some more playing time for him. Maybe Darren Waller has something up his sleeve this week. Maybe that run game can get in order. But, boy, it sure would help if the Raiders could play clean, efficient football. No turnovers. Stop with the turnovers. Stop with the silly penalties. I want to say thank you to everybody that joined us this week. I want to say thank you to the Treasure Island Hotel and the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Uh, thanks for all your hospitality. Devon Cotton, thanks for everything that you've done this week. Uh, we will talk to you again Monday, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle and talk everything about what happened on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Have a great and safe weekend, and we'll see you tomorrow uh, at the Rockstar Bar and Grill starting at 5 o'clock. See you then.